Hey everyone and welcome to my A to Z of Musicals podcast and this episode I'll be talking about all things beginning with the letter R and there are lots and lots of shows and performers and creatives so I'm going to get started straight away. Now a few years ago I was very excited to go to Prague in Europe and I visited the brilliantly designed Fred and Ginger building which was designed by the architect Frank Gehry and of course it's an homage to the dancers Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Well Rogers begins with the letter R and of course we talked about Fred way back in letter A so it's certainly time for Ginger to get her fair share. Uh, born in 1911 as Virginia Catherine McMath and she went on to star in films, on stage and television and she was such a glamorous, beautiful and funny and talented woman, not just with the dancing that we know now, but from her performances, her acting. She started out actually as a vaudeville performer, as many of the old Hollywood stars did. And she actually won dance contests. She got her Broadway debut in a film called Top Speed in 1929. And the following year, she started to be noticed in the 1930 film Girl Crazy. And of course, this has been remade many times, uh, most famously for musical theatre lovers in 1992 as the musical Crazy For You. And it was... Um, a collection of songs by George and Ira Gershwin. Uh, Ginger Rogers plays Molly Gray in Girl Crazy in the film. And uh, this film had more Gershwin hit songs than any other Gershwin show. And it's funny and it's light and it's fluffy. It starred Ginger Rogers, Willie Howard, Alan Kern and of course, Ethel Merman in a supporting role. And because of this, she was spotted and her career took off as well. Three beloved uh, Gershwin songs came from this film. I Got Rhythm, But Not For Me and Embraceable You. Now, Ginger Rogers was signed up with a contract following this and made quite a lot of B pictures until she made 42nd Street in 1933 in a relatively small role as Anytime Annie, but she was properly spotted and featured in her next film, Gold Diggers of 1933. And that same year, she was teamed with Fred Astaire for the very first time in secondary roles, really, for both of them in Flying Down to Rio, and they became the most famous dance team in history, I think. Um, they made a huge uh, number of films, but 10 together, including The Gay Divorcee, Top Hat, Follow the Fleet, uh, Shall We Dance, and Roberta, beginning with the letter R in 1935. Um, 
Ginger made some other musicals, including Lady in the Dark. Uh, she was in the 1965 TV adaptation of Cinderella, Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella, it's the Queen. And she did return to Broadway as a replacement, Dolly Levi in Hello, Dolly, um, followed, of course, famously by her performance as Mame Dennis in the original London production of Jerry Herman's Mame. Sadly, we lost Ginger Rogers back in 1995, but it's so wonderful to see her on screen, especially alongside her famous dancing partner, Fred Astaire. So Ginger Rogers, for me, a Hollywood icon and certainly deserving of her place in the letter R in our A to Z of musicals. At last, we've reached the letter R, where I'm able to talk about one of my favourite musicals and a show and film that have played a significant part in my life. And I think it's probably fair to say that for a while I was obsessed with this show, the Rocky Horror Show and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I actually found the film through another film, it, the Alan Parker film of Fame, the original Fame film. And uh, in the film, the students from the High School for Performing Arts attend a midnight film uh, screening of the Rocky Horror Show. And I don't know if you've seen that film, Fame, but it shows, it's brilliant. They're all in the audience dressed up as characters from the Rocky Horror Show, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, actually. And this is what happened in reality in America after the flop, really, of the stage show. The film started to have midnight screenings back in 1975 when the film was released. And it took a while, but over time, it was almost like an, an underground screening or a, at the start of a cult following. And people would go to watch the midnight screening of the Rocky Horror Picture Show in costume. And over time, they started to audience participate and shout things at the screen. And then ultimately, they had people on the stage in front of the film screening dressed as characters and they were shadow performing the film in its entirety and uh, that's what they go to see in this scene from fame and that was my first introduction I didn't know what was going on I just was enjoying the fact that they were shouting out at the screen and so I kind of had to find out more and round about that time was when the um, Rocky Horror Show was touring in the UK. And the first time I saw it was when I was actually at college in October of 1982. I went over to Leeds Playhouse and went along with friends of mine to see this for the very first time. And oh my goodness me, I was completely blown away. I'd never seen anything like it. It was sexy, it was thrilling, it was exciting, 
it was um, dealing with taboos and transvestites and Transylvania and the music was incredible, kind of a, a gothic glam rock but a mixture of all different genre and of course it was based on old 1940s and 50s science fiction double features. So the Rocky Horror Show premiered at the tiny theatre, the Royal Court Theatre, upstairs in London. And this theatre only has 63 seats. Imagine being in that tiny space, experiencing this brand new musical for the first time. Book, music and lyrics, all by the incredibly talented Richard O'Brien. And Richard O'Brien, who was born in New Zealand and came over to London, he was uh, a musical theatre geek, if you like. He was in uh, a production of Hair. He performed for one night only as uh, King Herod in the original production of Jesus Christ Superstar and left because he didn't like the choreography. Uh, and he worked on this show over over the time when he was out of work really and he put together this hysterically unconventional crazy celebration of sexual freedom and um it's just even now watching it it's thrilling it's exciting it still feels fresh and energetic and enthusiastic and new uh, only five years before this show um, was open, had in Britain, had the Lord Chamberlain's censorship over British theatres had been lifted. So up until that point, you were under certain restrictions as to what you could show on stage. And in fact, there is a, a stage musical called Mrs Henderson Presents, where the Lord Chamberlain is a character in it, and, and there... Actually, there's a whole song about the Lord Chamberlain's censorship. So when this show opened, it really was just shocking and exhilarating. It made a huge star out of Tim Curry. And I just want to talk about Tim Curry for a few minutes. My nephew used to see Tim Curry on the screen in the Muppets Treasure Island film from 1996 and every time Tim Curry was on the screen as Long John Silver my nephew would shout Uncle Tony and uh, he always even uh, in recent times has said that uh, watching Tim Curry on screen was like seeing me on the screen uh, I take that as a huge compliment because he's such a great performer um, of course the role of Frankenfurter then threw him into uh, the public's eye, particularly from the 1975 film. And so he went on to be in other musicals, such as the film version of Annie in 1982, where he played Rooster alongside Bernadette Peters. Um, he did the voiceover, or a, a voiceover in Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, the 1997 sequel to Disney's Beauty and the Beast. And uh, he was in the original Broadway cast of Spamalot in 2005. I especially remember 
1986, sorry, there was a musical TV film in the UK called The Worst Witch, which was uh, based on The Worst Witch series of books by Jill Murphy. And Tim Curry starred as the Grand Wizard. Uh, I'd loved the books, and as a teacher reading them to my children in classes, uh, they're, they're such great stories. So when they made it into a TV adaptation, a musical adaptation, I was especially excited. And Tim Curry was joined in the cast of uh, The Worst Witch by Diana Rigg as Miss Hardbroom, Charlotte Ray as Miss Cackle. Of course, she'd been made famous from her, uh, her role in the TV series Different Strokes. And the young Feruza Bolk played Mildred Hubble, The Worst Witch. And of course, she then... Um, the year before that, had actually had starred in Disney's Return to Oz as Dorothy Gale. Um, the show, The uh, the Worst Witch, is actually f fully available on YouTube. I've just checked that today and you can watch the whole movie. So if you've never seen it or you want to revisit it, um, and Tim Curry is just hysterically funny and over the top as always in that role. And the op opening and closing song of The Worst Witch, Growing Up Isn't Easy, is sung by the fabulous Bonnie Langford, with music by Charles Strauss, who of course brought us Annie and Bye Bye Birdie, and lyrics by Don Black. Uh, and Don Black's been collaborating with so many uh, composers on shows such as Billy, Aspects of Love, Tell Me on a Sunday, Starlight Express, uh, Whistle Down the Wind, Sunset Boulevard, and Dance of the Vampires, to name just a few. So, Tim Curry, uh, in fact, when I was 40, my lovely friend Fran gave me a signed photograph of Tim Curry in his Frankenfurter um, costume, his basque and his uh, fishnet stockings, and it was so... Uh, so treasured. I, I love that photograph. I remember, uh, actually, because in the 1980s, I'd started out in my teaching career going to see the Rocky Horror Show and I had to go and buy my own Basque from a local market store and uh, having to tell them that it was for a friend of mine, a girlfriend of mine. Um, and I remember getting dressed ready to go to see the show and walking from my flat to the lo to the nearest nearby train station, and a parent of a child in my class walked on the opposite side of the road and saw me in full Frankenfurter attire, and uh, I don't think she ever got over it, to be honest. And so the original London production in its various venues ran for 2,960 performances and it has a cast recording with, of course, Tim Curry and Patricia Quinn, Little Nell, Richard O'Brien, Julie Covington, who I talk about actually in my Letter C podcast. The show transferred to the United States and premiered in Los Angeles at the Roxy Theatre on the 24th of March 1974 and it ran for 10 months 
with um, Tim Curry reprising his role as Frankenfurter. Uh, the film, which was released in 75, was filmed in 1974 with a lot of the original cast from uh, London, from the London production. And in the film, we had Meatloaf as Eddie, and he then uh, opened in the Los Angeles Roxy Theatre production as well. The show did go to Broadway and opened at the Belasco Theatre in 1975 and was not a success at all. In fact, it ran for only 45 performances. So it didn't do well. It, it was loved in the UK. It didn't do well in the US. And the film didn't do well either. It was um, a commercial flop. But then it started to be shown at these midnight screenings. And that is what brought in that cult following. And of course, then the show has been revived many, many times over the years. The first proper big Broadway revival was in 2000 with Tom Hewitt as Frank, Alice Ripley, uh, Raul Esparza, Daphne Rubin-Vega, who I actually saw only last night. I went to a preview screening of the new In the Heights film and uh, she was great in that, actually, I must say. So we've then had many anniversaries, including the 40th anniversary of the Rocky Horror Show Live, where Richard O'Brien was the narrator in 2015 with a charity gala performance with a series of narrators, including Stephen Fry, Emma Bunton from the Spice Girls, Anthony Head. And then in 2016, the TV film adaptation, which was called The Rocky Horror Show, Let's Do the Time Warp Again. This time with the first transgender Frankenfurter, played by Laverne Cox. And also in that cast was Reeve Carney, who's now on Broadway in Town. Brilliantly, Tim Curry was the narrator, and Annaline Ashford and Adam Lambert also starred in that production. The film, the 1975 film with Tim Curry and Susan Sarandon and Barry Bostwick, then had... Uh, a sequel in 1980, again with music and lyrics by the wonderful Richard O'Brien. The film Shock Treatment was another complete and utter flop, really. Sadly, um, because there's such a lot to like about this film, it's got a great score and the, it's, it's just wacky, really. And uh, it's definitely worth watching if you're kind of open to the fact that it's not really anything like the Rocky Horror Show, but it has quite a number of the actors from the original film. It does have Cliff DeYoung and Jessica Harper playing the parts of Brad and Janet, but alongside them are Charles Gray, Little Nell, Richard O'Brien, Patricia Quinn um, from the original film. And actually, Shock Treatment was made into a stage show in London in 2015, which I didn't realise, so that would have been something worth watching. 
So the Rocky Horror Show, for me, an absolutely a brilliant show, full of joy and uh, it just draws me to it time and time again. In 2006, the Royal Court Theatre, when it was coming up to celebrate its 50th anniversary, did ask its audience members to vote for the show they'd most like to be brought back from all the productions they'd done at the Royal Court Theatre. And of course, Rocky Horror Show was the one that was uh, was voted and they did a special charity gala reading of the show, including Richard O'Brien, Patricia Quinn and Little Nell. Uh, Michael Ball was in that reading, Anthony Head and Toya Wilcox. The Rocky Horror Show, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, absolutely deserving of its place in my A to Z of musicals. Now, there's absolutely no way I could do letter R without talking about living legend and icon Cheetah Rivera. Absolutely amazing, this woman. She has had 10 Tony nominations and won two of them. Plus, in 2018, she won the Tony Lifetime Achievement in Theatre Award. And she's had the Kennedy Centre Honours in 2002. And so deservedly so. Uh, Chita Rivera is just amazing. And her list of credits for film, stage and TV performances and concerts is just incredible. And I can't possibly go through them all. But I, I think she's one of Broadway's finest and most durable singing and dancing stars and she trained as a young girl in New York where she grew up at the American School of Ballet and then in 1952 aged only 19 she went on to Broadway in the chorus of Call Me Madam 1952 with Elaine Stritch starring in this show and then she was in the cast of many, many shows, ensemble and small parts, at Guys and Dolls, Can Can. She featured in uh, Mr. Wonderful with Sammy Davis Jr. in 1956. But the role that made her famous and that people most associate with Cheetah, of course, is her casting as the fiery uh, Anita from 1957's West Side Story, the original Broadway cast. And she is stunning. Uh, I love to listen to her on that cast recording and would have loved to travel back in time and see that original cast. And her Broadway credits continue with Bye Bye Birdie in 1960, for which she got a Tony nomination and uh, Bajour in 1964, Chicago, of course, in 1975, which I talk about in more detail in the letter C, but she originated the role of Velma Kelly and was nominated for a Tony Award. And actually, she has a very small cameo role in the 2002 film adaptation of uh, Chicago as well. She plays one of the Cook County Jail inmates. So it's quite nice to, to see her face. 
even though it's only for a, a few moments. Um, Cheetah went on then to be in The Rink in 1984, which won her her first Tony Award, that wonderful show with uh, Liza Minnelli. Uh, she was in Jerry's Girls, the 1985 review, and Kiss of the Spider Woman, which she won a Tony Award for, and I actually managed to see that on one of my first ever trips to Broadway in 1993. And again, it was just amazing to be in the theatre with this. Even back in 1993, she was an icon. Um, she starred in Nine in 2003. She did loads of TV specials and returned to Broadway in 2015 in The Visit and yet another Tony nomination. And I'm sure she's not finished yet. From a musical film point of view, of course, she starred with the fabulous Shirley MacLaine and Paula Kelly in the 1969 film version of Sweet Charity, which I absolutely love. And whilst there's so much more to say about Cheetah, it's enough to say that she is an absolute legend and I look forward to seeing what she does next. Now, my next musical is Rags, and my relationship with Rags only started really a few, couple of years ago, probably. Um, I went along to the Hope Mill Theatre for a special evening with composer Stephen Schwartz, and it was quite a coup that uh, the Hope Mill Theatre and Katie Lipsom from Aria Entertainment actually managed to get the rights to perform Rags and this was a, a reimagined production if you like that Stephen Schwartz worked on. He actually worked on the score and the songs and made some changes and the book which had originally been written by Joseph Stein actually was reworked as well by David Thompson and so I went along to an evening with Stephen Schwartz because he was working with the team from Hope Mill Theatre on this brand new production of Rags. The evening was actually looking at his career so it was brilliant because we had fantastic performers singing from all of his shows, he played the piano, he did a Q&A and what a great man and just so interesting and he talked about Rags and how he had worked with uh, composer Charles Strauss of Annie fame and Joseph Stein, who'd written the book uh, on that original production that had opened in uh, New York on Broadway back in August of 1986. And famously, of course, this production did not do well at all. In fact, it ran for 18 previews and only four performances, which now I, I just find so shocking because this musical has a superb score. It's rich and varied and gorgeous and soaring. And um, I, I do find it quite shocking that that was the case. But anyway, the show did not do well on Broadway originally. 
which again is shocking because it had some amazing people in the original cast. The main part of Rebecca Herskovitz was played by Teresa Stratus, who was an operatic soprano. And uh, she was joined, though, by Larry Kurt, who, of course, had originated the role of Tony in the 1957 Broadway musical West Side Story. Uh, Dick Latessa was in the cast, Terence Mann, uh, the wonderful Judy Kuhn, who, interestingly, has only recently been in a production before um, uh, the COVID uh, pandemic hit. She was in a production of Fiddler on the Roof in the West End. And Stephen Schwartz told us at Hope Mill Theatre on that evening how um, Joseph Stein had written the book for Rags as a kind of response really to the fact that he was constantly being asked the question, what happened to the characters from the village of Anatevka when they left there at the end of Fiddler on the Roof? And Stephen Schwartz kind of explained that Rags was an unofficial, if you like, sequel to Fiddler on the Roof, although it was decided by Joe Stein not to use the same characters but to bring new characters from Anatevka over to New York. And Fiddler on the Roof and Rags deal with very similar themes, don't they? Love and tradition, community and identity and enduring hardship. And uh, whilst it wasn't Tevye's family, there are so many kind of crossovers and emotional ties and there's a sense when watching ranks of this is the same group of people with the same history and, and experiences. Um, so, yes, Stephen Schwartz told us all about how he was tinkering with the songs. He changed some of the lyrics. He actually changed the song uh, Three Sunny Rooms, which originally had just been for... Um, two characters in the original production was then being expanded for four of the characters to sing. I loved being in the same space as Stephen Schwartz. I think this man is a musical genius. So, of course, when the production of Rags came to Hope Mill Theatre, I could not miss out on that opportunity. The new production of Rags opened at the Hope Mill Theatre in Manchester on the 2nd of March 2019. And I was lucky to see it twice, actually. And Rebecca Traherne starred in the lead role of Rebecca Herskovitz. And she is just such an amazing performer. I remember seeing her in Showboat in the West End a few years before that and was so moved by her performance and uh, she really is incredible and in fact I went to Nottingham Playhouse uh, after this to see her as Charity Hope Valentine in Sweet Charity. I just think she's a great performer and Rebecca Traherne was joined by people like Valda Avix and Gavin James and Michael S. Siegel, just wonderful performers and Robert Tripolino, that was the first time I'd come across this actor, 
He then went on to play the part of Jesus in the Regent's Park Open Air Theatre production of Jesus Christ Superstar when it was revived um, a couple of years ago. The show closed and then in uh, February of uh, 2020, I went again to watch the same production, but it had transferred to the Park Theatre uh, in London. And again, this was a theatre I hadn't been to. Hope Mill and Park Theatre, both relatively small venues. And it was so great to see ranks in a small, fairly contained space because the sound was incredible. The orchestrations for the new production were done by Nick Barstow. And this young, talented musician. He, he's incredible. Um, and it was directed by Brona Lagan. And again, she's uh, doing some amazing work. She uh, directed Little Women when that was on at Hope Mill Theatre as well. And again, that absolutely blew me away. So there's such great talent out there still. The cast changed for the Park Theatre production in London. And this time, Carolyn Maitland starred as Rebecca Herskovich and she also was brilliant and there is a cast recording of this new London production along with Carolyn Maitland is Dave Willets, uh, Debbie Chazen, Rachel Eisen. It's gorgeous to listen to and I urge you if you haven't got it to go out and get this uh, this recording. After seeing this production, of course, at Hope Mill, I then went out and bought the original uh, cast recording. Well, it's not a full actual original cast. It's called um, Rags with members of the original Broadway cast. So Teresa Stratus isn't on that recording. Julian McGinn is, is Rebecca. I'm not sure if I've pronounced that properly. But then most of the rest of the uh, Broadway cast, including Lonnie Price, who interestingly created the role of Charlie Kringus in the original 1981 production of Merrily We Roll Along. And I talk about that in the Letter M podcast. And uh, of course, that show famously also did disastrously well on Broadway. Uh, this time with 52 previews and 16 performances. So Lonnie Price was in two shows there that did not do well at all. And yet for me, they're two magnificent uh, scores and wonderful shows. So there we go. Rags, definitely deserving of its place in my A to Z of musicals. Now it would be absolutely wrong of me not to mention one of my favourite current leading ladies in the West End, the wonderful Jenna Russell. And Jenna has been around acting, particularly in television in the UK, for a long time with sitcoms such as Home to Roost and On the Up. Uh, she's uh, been in Born and Bred on TV, uh, Doctor Who, and 16 months in EastEnders, the British TV soap opera. And, but it's her roles in musicals, of course, that has captured my attention. And she started out as an understudy for Eponine and Fontaine in Les Miserables and then went on, of course, to play the part of Fontaine in the West End. 
and she's been in On a Clear Day, You Can See Forever, Hello Again, High Society. Uh, she played a young Sally in Follies at the Shaftesbury Theatre. But for me, the first time I saw Jenna Russell perform was in 1997 when she had taken over the role of Bertrand de Rolle in one of my all-time favourite musicals, Martin Guerre. And I do talk about this more in the Letter M podcast. And I fell in love with that show and I subsequently fell in love with Jenna Russell as a performer. She's just brilliant. In the West End, she was in Guys and Dolls as Sarah Brown, opposite Ewan McGregor, with an amazing bunch of um, ensemble people. And she was nominated for an Olivier Award in 2006 for that. Um, in 2006 also, she took over from the wonderful Anna Jane Casey as Dot in the Menier Chocolate Factory's production of Sunday in the Park with George. And she's on the um, cast recording because the show transferred to Broadway. I mean, how amazing for her. And she actually had a Tony nomination that year, losing out to Patti Lapone. So, uh, tough competition. Uh, I've seen Jenna in Soho Cinders in August of 2012 at the Soho Theatre, which was great, uh, with music by um, Styles and Drew. I saw her as Penelope Pennywise in the brilliantly funny uh, Urintown the Musical, and she was great. She was hysterical in that role. And in more recent years, I've seen Jenna in Fun Home at the Young Vic and Bridges of Madison County at the Menier Chocolate Factory. And every time I see her perform, she just blows me away. She's not just... Uh, an incredible singer but she's such a fabulous actor and my favourite performance of hers has to be as Mary Flynn in the Menier Chocolate Factory production of Merrily We Roll Along in 2013 and this production then transferred to the West End to the Harold Pinter Theatre it was directed by Maria Friedman and it received so many five-star reviews. I think at the time it was the show that had had the most ever five-star reviews. Um, I don't know if that's been beaten, actually. My next letter R musical is Ragtime, the 1997 world premiere in Toronto, 8th of December, 87, and then moved to Los Angeles before a Broadway opening on the 18th of January 1998. And actually, it moved into the brand new Ford Centre Theatre, which had been two theatres, the Apollo and the Lyric, that had been demolished and a new theatre built in that space. So Ragtime was the first show in that new theatre. Ragtime was similar in some ways to the 1986 failure Rags because they're both complex stories, they're both serious subject matters, they both deal with immigration into New York and Ragtime was a huge 
large-scale epic musical about three generations of Americans uh, who are followed during the early part of the 20th century. Their stories are followed. And at Ragtime has the most incredibly beautiful score. The show ran for two years, 861 performances, but it received really mixed reviews in spite of the fact that Terence McNally had adapted the um, novel by E.L. Doctorow. The, the show really is phenomenal, but it was quite episodic and was heavily criticised for that and the story being feeling disjointed, although the beautiful score was praised. And um, the show was nominated for... 13 Tony Awards that year, but it actually only won four, including Best Featured Actress for the incredible Audra MacDonald. The show had a great cast. Brian Stokes Mitchell, Audra, Mark Jacoby, Marin Maisie, Peter Friedman, Judy Kay, Stephen Sutcliffe, uh, a young Leah Michelle, who went on, of course, to be in Glee, um, it was a fantastic team with beautiful music, but it was a very expensive production to put on. And even though it ran for two years, it still lost money in the end because uh, it wasn't generating enough income. And uh, it's a real shame because we don't get to see this production, well, certainly not in the UK very often, Although, having said that, there was an original West End production in March of 2003 with the uh, amazing Maria Friedman as mother. And she actually won an Olivier Award for Best Actress in a Musical for her performance in that role. But as far as productions of Ragtime, there have been a lot of revivals. There was even uh, a special concert Ragtime on Ellis Island back in August of 2016 and I would have uh, loved to have been at that performance because uh, you know obviously all the immigrants that were coming into New York had to come through or via Ellis Island so that seemed like a perfect place really for them to have done a, a concert version. I have seen Ragtime on stage, but only once, but it was a phenomenal production in October 2016 at my uh, beloved Charing Cross Theatre, just off the West End, off um, the Strand. And this production was directed by Tom Sutherland, and he has had huge success, in my opinion, uh, in a number of uh, productions at the Charing Cross Theatre and this had a wonderful cast with Earl Carpenter and Anita Louise Combe, Aiko Mitchell, Jennifer Sayang and Gary Tushaw in the, um, in the lead roles and it was just a stunning performance with the most beautiful sound and this is only a small theatre so it shows that this score is so gorgeous that it doesn't matter whether it's a huge, large orchestrated production or a smaller chamber uh, orchestra. And uh, 
it really is just gorgeous so ragtime definitely deserves its place here in the a to z of musicals now audra mcdonald is a living musical theater legend and icon born in 1970 she has won six tony awards for her acting roles and this is more than any other actor and actually she has won in all four acting categories well i was so lucky really to see audrey uh, audrey mcdonald in 2017 when she brought her show um, lady day at emerson's bar and grill to the wyndham's theater in the west end in london and uh, it was very special to be in the audience and witness her performance as Billie Holiday. And this is the show that uh, Audra won her sixth Tony Award for. Um, previously, she'd won for Carousel in 1994, her first Tony. And actually, this was in the role of Carrie Pipperidge. One of the wonderful things about Audra MacDonald is how groundbreaking her work has been and she has um, fought against racial stereotyping and so she played this role of Carrie Pipperidge which has always been played up to that point by a white woman. And uh, Audra then got her second Tony in Masterclass, her third obviously for Ragtime which uh, was certainly deserving, well they all were, uh, her fourth for her performance in the play A Raisin in the Sun, fifth for Porgy and Bess, where she played the role of Bess, and sixth for uh, Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill. What an absolutely incredible performer. But her range of work is stunning. Along with her albums and concert performances, she's starred in productions of Mary Christine, Shuffle Along, uh, she was in Kurt Vile's Kurt Rise and Fall of the City of Mahogany with Patti Lapone in 2007. She's been in concert versions of Sweeney Todd and she was in the 1999 TV remake of Annie um, where she uh, played Grace Farrell. She was in the Crater Will Rock film musical in 1999 Oh, so many. She was in the 2017 live adaptation of Disney's Beauty and the Beast as Madame de Garderobe, the wardrobe lady. <laughs> and she's done Wonderful Town, Dreamgirls, 110 in the Shade, oh, Passion, Live from the Lincoln Centre, and the list goes on. Just a joy to see. And actually, I watched um, Audra and the other uh, original cast members or most of the original cast members from Ragtime recently on the live streamed series on YouTube, Stars in the House. Now, I'm just going to mention this because this is hosted by Seth Rudetsky, another letter R. Seth Rudetsky and his husband, James Wesley, have been streaming Stars in the House throughout the pandemic to raise money for the Actors Fund and they've just been doing an incredible job. Seth Rodetsky, I uh, had already 
discovered through his brilliant and hysterically funny YouTube clips where he deconstructs and he would talk about one of his favourite um, cast recordings and another show that he does called Obsessed with Seth Rodetsky. He is such a passionate musical theatre lover. He has performed in shows, he's been a accompanist for, for many, many famous people. He writes his own shows, he uh, starred and wrote his own show, Disaster, which was off-Broadway in 2013. He is just an amazing guy and uh, his Broadway diaries are hysterical. So Seth Rudetsky definitely um, deserves a, a mention in letter R. Audra McDonald, star of Ragtime, absolutely incredible. Now, I do want to just briefly, but importantly, shout out Richard Rogers, the amazing composer. And I have talked about him quite a bit already at different letters of the alphabet. But Richard Rogers amazingly taught himself to play the piano by ear when he was a young child. I just think that's incredible. You think of the music that he created throughout his lifetime with two brilliant and very different lyricists. His first lyricist collaborator was Lorenz Hart and they met in 1919 and they produced some wonderful shows many of them not really heard of or known anymore but they also had some big hits with Jumbo, On Your Toes in 1936, Babes in Arms, The Boys from Syracuse, at Pal Joey in 1940 and there is a film actually of their working career in 1948 the film Words and Music kind of fictionalised their collaborative years together. In 1943, when Rogers wanted to start work on his next musical, Green Grow the Lilacs, Lorenz Hart actually turned him down. And at this point, Hart was suffering from alcoholism and depression. And so this was the point when Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein II began to work together. And, of course, Green Grow the Lilac became Oklahoma in 1943. And the rest, as they say, is history. They produced, uh, they wrote the music and lyrics for State Fair, Carousel, Allegro, South Pacific, The King and I. Oh, so many amazing shows. Me and Juliet, Pipe Dreams, the TV special Cinderella, Flower Drum Song and The Sound of Music, their final piece of work together in 1959. Uh, and I have talked and I continue to talk about many of those shows, but I just wanted Richard Rogers to get a mention in the letter R. My next letter R musical is Rent. And for me, this is such an exciting experience. Seeing this show live is thrilling and exciting and poignant and romantic and gritty and uncompromising and it, it's just it really touches my heart and my soul and I completely understand that this show is not for everybody 
it gets mixed reactions, mixed response. It got mixed response from critics, but it has managed to build a, a huge number of followers who call themselves rent heads. And whilst I've never actually called myself a rent head, I probably do fit into that category. Um, this is the musical with book, music and lyrics by the amazing Jonathan Larson. And it was um, an updated treatment of Puccini's opera La Boheme. And I suppose it's La Vie Boheme being one of the central songs, this life as Bohemians in New York. The characters were updated and they were living under the shadow of the AIDS epidemic. And it started off its first production at the New York Theatre Workshop, which is an off-off-Broadway venue. And it ran for a seven-week engagement directed by Michael Grief. Only hours after the dress rehearsal, um, Jonathan Larson died of an aneurysm, only 35 years of age. He had put so much work into this show and he didn't get to see it performed. And I think the poignancy of that and the fact that on the opening night then, the first preview, the, sh the cast cancelled the performance, but then did a, a, a performance, a, a kind of a run through of the songs, almost in sort of concert version, but ended up, I believe, uh, completely uh, reenacting the show because um, it must have been very difficult to just stand and not do that when the life of this show is uh, the energy. And uh, Jonathan Larson's family and friends were there in the audience and it was um, seen as a tribute really to him. And people, started to go and see this show and by word of mouth and uh, the theatre was full and by the end of the seven week engagement it transferred to Broadway and there was always a queue around the block for tickets. It was, it just built and built and built its success. It opened on the 29th of April 1996 at the Nederlander Theatre in New York and it had the most amazing cast, Adam Pascal, Anthony Rapp, Idina Menzel, and some of the songs, you know, I'm completely uh, drawn into the emotion of these songs. Um, Goodbye, My Love, It Breaks My Heart Every Time, Seasons of Love, One Song, Glory, Take Me or Leave Me. And for me, the song that really touches my heart and is the essence of the show is the song No Day But Today, because... That's the message really, you know, Jonathan Larson didn't even get to see his work. You never know what's around the corner, so take each day and embrace it and love it and live it. I do find myself nowadays drawn to any production of this show and I was absolutely gutted last summer when the Hope Mill Theatre production in Manchester had to be cancelled due to Covid. But I'm delighted that that show is going to be running this summer in August 2021. And I've got tickets for at least two performances of that already. And the wonderful Curve 
in Leicester will be doing Rent a Concert also later in the summer this year. So I will be uh, scooting on over to Leicester as well to see that because I just am so drawn into the music and the message and the, the experience of seeing this show live. So Rent for me, absolutely brilliant should definitely be in my A to Z letter R. I'd like to talk briefly about the British stage and film and television actor, Cyril Richard. Now, he found acclaim in the 1954 musical adaptation of Peter Pan as Captain Hook alongside Mary Martin as Peter Pan. And this ran for 152 performances on Broadway and was filmed in 1960 for a TV adaptation again with Cyril Richard and Mary Martin. Now Cyril Richard also starred in The Roar of the Grease Paint, The Smell of Success, which I did talk a little bit about during the Letter N podcast because the show starred Anthony Newley and music and lyrics by Anthony Newley and Leslie Brickus. For me, my introduction to Cyril Richard was the 1967 film of Half a Sixpence, where he played alongside Tommy Steele, and he played the character of Harry Chitterlow. And I love that film. I've always thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Cyril Richard had another performance, actually, in a musical on stage. In 1975, there was a, a musical adaptation of the film Some Like It Hot, this time called Sugar, and Cyril Richard plays the really funny character of Osgood Fielding Jr. So there you go, a brief but very important mention for Cyril Richard now we've reached that point in the podcast where I stop and reflect and think, who have we missed, beginning with the letter R. And as always, there are lots. We've not talked about Anne Ranking or Willie Russell, Andrew Rennells, Jerome Robbins, Vanessa Redgrave, Debbie Reynolds, although we will be talking about her in a later episode. So many people, Rosalind Russell... We've not talked about Clive Revel, who was best known for his performance in Irma La Douce in 1957. And uh, he was the original Fagin on Broadway in 63. And he starred in the musical adaptation of the Betty Davis film, The Man Who Came to Dinner. The show was called Sherry and it opened on Broadway in 1967. Uh, we haven't talked about Tommy Rao, the Broadway musical performer who was in Call Me Madam and his greatest performance, I think, was in the 1953 film of Kiss Me Kate opposite Anne Miller. And we haven't talked about the musical Redhead, which was the 1959 murder mystery whodunit, uh, a Broadway vehicle, really, for Gwen Verdon. And she won a Tony Award for this. And the music was written by Albert Haig, who was Mr. Shirovsky, the music teacher in the TV series and film of Fame. And I talk about that more in the letter F. And finally, we haven't talked about 
Timothy Miles Binden Rice. Tim Rice with his full name there. The lyricist who's worked with incredible uh, composers, including Andrew Lloyd Webber, and I talk about their collaborations in uh, previous podcasts. Benny and Bjorn from ABBA, and I talk about them under the letter C for chess. And he worked with Elton John on Aida and Billy Elliot. And of course, I've talked about uh, Elton John in the letter J. But Tim Rice also has done work for Disney. Aladdin, The Lion King, and Beauty and the Beast, the film, uh, the live action film, plus, of course, shows that he's done with other people and on his own, Blondel, Heathcliff, King David, and From Here to Eternity, to name just some of his works. But we've run out of time, so there's no more. That's the end of our letter R. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, and you're able to, maybe give me a review on uh, Apple Podcast. And until next time, have a Doris day.